Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Johnny Ward's in the studio. How are you? Grand, grand. I was... Uh, so Dan and Andrew's coming up shortly. Before the Stephen O'Donnell interview, uh, chilling with the lads there and in the in the office watching old reruns of Match of the Day from 1983. Oh, nice. Modern football is crap. Like it 83 really, feels like a lost era in football. Sort uh, of. I guess 82, 83, 84. I was only just being born. So I, was I. Yeah, maybe I that's why. Don't remember much. Yeah, don't remember much match today from the early. It's the years when Everton were very good. Yeah, played UCD in '81, didn't they? On their way to winning, was it the old Cup UEFA winners, Cup UEFA or Cup, Cup winners Cup? And I think they beat them like by a goal on aggregate or something like wow. that. Um, a, a star-studded Everton team and little UCD, who years later would go on to. Um, Get to the second round in Europe after getting there via the fair play rule. So are you suggesting that football was better ah, back d- then? First of all, everyone was so wearing... It was 1985 that Everton won the European Cup Winners' Cup. 85. So was it 85 they played them? So everyone in the clip was wearing um, black boots. Uh, you saw grounds like the old Dell. Oh, yeah. um, you know, Jim Rosenthal presenting. Uh, it was probably ITV actually in those days, was it? It was Brian Moore commentating. Oh yeah, um, we're but it just—I know we're all nostalgia. Kind of can really play tricks with the mind, and that everything was great when actually it wasn't. But compared to modern football, it, the standard is way better now. But the standard of actual men and kind of heart and all that, in terms it's of just life, the standard of the men back then—it's just, it's just like, different. Mo- modern life is actually kind of rubbish. Like, like Graham Souness was the best midfielder in English football back then. He was the best midfielder in English football right now. Who's the best midfielder in English football? Like English? Like, you know, Declan Graeme Rice. Souness, Fernandinho. Yeah. Who are you going to want? I know. You're going to want Souness. You, you would want Souness. But even, so, like, Stephen I, I was saying to uh, John Giles, he was referencing Leeds beating Southampton 7-0. And I was saying how Leeds fans talk about that as this, this was the crowning moment when everything was, per- it was the perfect game of football for mm. Leeds United of their greatest ever team. Like Liverpool have that in, was it 87, 88, when they beat Nottingham Forest 5-0? I've watched that game a lot. Like they were, they were very good. Mm. But as you say, the standard of football right now, like the pitches are far better. Everything is far, far more advanced now. Like the skill, oh, you just, it's, it's different gravy. You just look at now the speed of the game is but at you, a totally different level. Your memory is just so kind of um, qualified in terms of looking on things. I remember, when Galway won the All-Ireland in 2001 and been up at the game that day and obviously it was coming three years after they won the first one and the Irish Independent the following day said that Galway football is basically on the cusp of dominating um, for, for a long time to come. I, I think they went years and years and years without winning a game in Crow Park after that. But funny enough, years ago, you know, you're stuck for buying your brother something for Christmas or whatever. So I bought him the video of the 2001 All-Ireland final and the standard of football was like compared to now, and even people bemoan football now. Those goal, that Galway team in two thousand and one, would be beaten out the gate by Dublin now. What? Oh, I'm telling ah, you, the standard of football. Was, that Galway team. Now Mead were a shambles in the second half, but uh, the standard of football was nowhere near what it is now. Genuinely. Wow, on that bombshell, we have to take a break because the Kilban and Andrews are demanding to enter the studio. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. All right, welcome back to Thursday's (laughs) football show. Were the mics live there? No, I think we were safe enough. Keith Andrews and Kevin Kilban have been around town all day waiting for this moment. 
mm. in for the Keith Andrews show earlier. It's up on offtheball.com right now. Would you have been happy if you were part of the Sunderland Till I Die documentary? Um, As a player? No. No, I wouldn't have wanted anything. No, I wouldn't have wanted to be part of it, no. I wouldn't. I, I, I was never in favour of... of um, Cameras becoming the high, uh, going behind the scenes or anything like that in the dressing rooms because it, it, it becomes a false environment and la lads act differently around it, managers act differently, and it just becomes a false environment. So no, I, I would never be in favour of that. I'm bringing no. up the documentary, which I'm sure lots of people have already seen, because Simon Grayson, who was one of the stars of the opening few episodes, was on the Keith Andrews show a little bit earlier today. D do you think then that from watching the documentary that certain people in it were acting? Yes, 100% was. Do you think? Yeah. Words out of my mouth, yeah. 100%. I quite Playing liked to the Martin Bain. No, no. Just because, he, he, yeah, he Is might he? have played to the camera, he may have been acting a bit, but he just played the role so well. Well, that's it. That's what it is. He's played a role. He's not necessarily been the good, a good CEO of the, of the club. What he's, did he do wrong? He's not. No, but he's he assigned Ross McCormick on maybe massive the, money. At maybe the breaststroke and the opening scene or the backstroke, whatever yeah. he's doing in the pool. The Louis Vuitton bag getting into the Range Rover. Was that yeah. really all necessary? That's, yeah. that's football, isn't it? You're all Louis Vuitton bags and Range Rovers. That's life. It's, uh, it just throws it down people's necks. It's, it's honestly, I, I just, honestly, I mean, again, each to their own, honestly. Each to their own, people want to view it. People, of course, would have different views of me in it, but it just, it just looks, I think it looks so bad. It looked so bad how he was coming across and how he was trying to portray himself and try to portray the club and, and, and what they were wanting from it. It just didn't, it didn't sit well with me, no. Generally, chairmen and CEOs of clubs, are they very, very involved day to day? Would you have got to know them on a pretty personal basis? Yeah. Yeah, there would be more. Some would be more friendly than others. I think there's a line that you shouldn't cross towards players. You can't be seen to be too friendly. If, if I was a manager, a coaching member, and you're looking at a CEO constantly chatting away to players in the canteen or the same players, and I think that can become unhealthy. Mm. But as a, as a member of staff, it's, it's imperative that you have a good working relationship. And to be fair to Simon, who was on earlier, he said they had a very good working mm. relationship. He was yeah. one that brought them to the football club. But I'm okay, but I didn't think he came across great. And on the flip side of that, I didn't think uh, Simon Grayson came across as Simon Grayson, to my knowledge, yeah, yeah. and to what I, I would have heard. In what way? I thought he didn't come across very uh, well in terms of what he said, how he was saying it, the, the atmosphere that was generated at the football mm. club, having spoken to some of the players that were playing under him, some of the coaching staff, uh, medical side of things. So you think the negativity, say, that particularly that transfer deadline day night where he didn't get signed, Ross McCormick, and yeah. things didn't go, and he, suddenly this narrative developed of, well, I've sort of been sold a pup here. This wasn't what I thought I was getting when I agreed to become Sunderland manager. That the way it's portrayed in the documentaries that that fed down to the players were actually in reality maybe it didn't maybe it was a lot more positive I think a lot was I think he, he tried to generate it was a huge step up from in terms of the size of the football club mm. but I think what he tried to do I think the, the goalposts were certainly moved but I don't I don't think it portrayed what exactly he was doing behind the scenes and the, the atmosphere he was yeah. trying to generate which you're alluding to and what he was trying to bring to the team and yeah, I think it was edited very, very well. But as a whole, I enjoyed the documentary, but I, I have sympathy for Simon Grayson. What does that mean, the size of the football club? Because this is brought up, we're yeah. going to talk Manchester <coughs> United now in their game against Spurs, but it's always brought up about Manchester United, a football club of that size. Mm. You've been to Sunderland, you've been to Preston, two places yeah. where Simon Gray... What is the difference between a club oh, of Preston size and, and a club of Sunderland size? Chalk and cheese. Honestly. Just in terms of expectation, is it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I said it to Simon today when I spoke to him, it's... 
I went there, I didn't enjoy it. Didn't didn't enjoy, it wasn't so much I didn't enjoy, people thought they didn't enjoy the area, the people, it was nothing like that. It was just a scrutiny you were always under. On, I mean, I'd signed, and I remember I had a supporter, I was with my wife at the time, we went out for a meal, it was around about Christmas time when I signed, because there was no deadline at the time. It was, it was actually the last window before the deadline came in. So, or transfer, a transfer window come in, should I say. Um, so I signed around Christmas time, and I had a Sunderland fan that just came in and sat beside us. Like I felt like he was just entitled to sit with us and, and have a meal with us. It was round about Christmas. I think it was between Christmas and New Year. Just sat with us. You mean at your table? At our table, 20 minutes, asking, asking me questions. And we were looking at you like, I, I didn't want, you don't want to say a lot, excuse me, mate, but... That's why you're too you nice. Yeah, but it's right, but it was like, there was just... A, 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 I felt as though it was, you were owned. I was going to say, there's a sense of entitlement. You were owned. You belonged to us. You were owned. Wherever came you went. across in the documentary. Wherever you way. went across mm, the North East, and I mean it, honestly. And I've, I've had it at various football clubs you've been at. You know, you, you, you played for a, a big club in Everton. Played at Derby, another big club, say, Champions level. West Brom, another big club. But there, it was like... Going around the supermarket, people people actually, you should be putting that. You should be putting that in your in your trolley. So I was like, mate, and I, and I spoke, and it wasn't, and it's not just suddenly. Yeah, vegans I, I, up there. I've spoken to lads. There's no vegan diets then, um, but I've spoken to lads that played at Newcastle and lads who I would know, and it was pretty much same. same. Didn't didn't enjoy, and it's nothing. It, it's just I felt as though personally the scrutiny that you're under when you're going out for a coffee in an afternoon, whether you were. Um, going shopping, whether you're going out for a meal with your partners, wives, whatever it would be, I just felt as though it was too much. For me personally, I'd gone from West Brom and I say it like, you know, I'd gone from like one of the one of the more sought after players outside the Premier League at the time. I had a few options to go to different clubs and I went to Sunderland off the back of being guaranteed to play first team football. Mm. And I went there and um, I and pretty much didn't enjoy it from when I signed. And again, me, I didn't play well. So I, I'm, not, I'm not making excuses for my own performances. I didn't play well. But I'm talking about off the pitch, I felt as though it was too much for me. But and I was only 21 say, at the time. I was yeah, so maybe you weren't ready for it. Because I'm just thinking of, say, when you played with Ireland, was there not that sense of ownership with Irish supporters to players? I always remember a situation, you would have been there in the team hotel in uh, Gdansk, mm. or Sopot, as it was at Euro 2012. The bar downstairs was open. So you were upstairs in your rooms and the bar downstairs was open. And every so often the families would come in, I'd imagine, to see the players. And I remember John O'Shea coming down in the lift and sitting down with his family. And you probably got half an hour to chat. And he's sat in the corner. You can see this is private time with his wife, yeah, but with, with his family. And all of a sudden the fans are over. Not even wanting an autograph, not even wanting a photo. Just to you know, have a proper, lo interrupting, having a proper long chat. Feeling this sense of, you're an Irish player, we've paid to come here. We can spend time with you. That's day to day, though, with Kev, talking about a club life. That's, mm. that's, your, that's your kind of bread and butter, your daily routine. When you come away with Ireland, it's different, isn't it? It's, it's, it's your country, Jeanette. And, and Personally, I never, felt it, I never felt it overstepped the mark uh, with, with Anne. I didn't. And it was, it was always, in, I, I always felt in a polite manner, no problems at all. Absolutely no problems at all. That's so did that I just felt. wear you down then at Sunderland every single day? Having, I guess every time you leave the house, having to think, well, who's going to see this? Who's going to be questioning well, this? I, I, I don't imagine what it's like for the players now when obviously so we saw it. Now. Darren Gibson getting, getting is obviously. Well, that's what I was wondering actually up. when you mentioned that. So yeah. there's the incident where as people will have seen it, even if you haven't seen the documentary, as you say, Gibson is out on the lash one night, is in a pub, starts bitching and moaning about all his teammates, yeah. not being up for it. It gets <clears> filmed, <throat> it gets put out everywhere. Yeah. Does that, hap does that, not, would that well, not happen at, say, Preston? 
probably would in this day and age. Yeah, it would. Of course it would happen now. Of course it would happen. Um, it wouldn't be as high profile, would it? That is the thing. But I think in general, you know, some of the, some of the antics we would have got up to, if, if you're around a social media age, it, 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 you would have had to quickly bloody rectify it because you couldn't get away with it. We know that. But that's just life. Like what you would have got up to at university, bloody hell, Nath, I can well imagine that. <laughs> Outrageous slur. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Quite nights in playing football manager. Yeah. What true, are you talking about? All true, though. But... Um, <laughs> No, but I think in general, we we all know now we all know now we're in a different age and we know that. But I think I I just think in general there it was we weren't in a social media age yet. It was I felt as though it was so intense the whole time out for a drink. You know whether you got the right result or the wrong result in a weekend. It was just it always just seemed that bit too much that overwhelming in my mind. That's the way it was. It was overwhelming. That's why do you I think thought. that is in Sunderland? Is this I think it's the northeast in general. The northeast. Everybody it's says it. Is it the lack of success? Um, the lack of success. Or does success ease it? Like, does promotion? Do you get a period of grace when Sunderland get promoted or Newcastle get promoted? Do they have a decent season? Well, I would say right, and I, and I say it all the time. The day I, the, my first game for Sunderland, I was on the bench against Southampton. I remember Peter Reid getting stick. Sunderland was second in the Premier League at the time. <laughs> Peter Reid was getting stick from supporters behind me on the bench, and I mean, even then, you think I was looking around thinking. What, what I, and I was thinking, like, what, what, what more can be expected? Something were actually second in the top four. Was it Champions League place at that stage? I don't know how it. So they're just looking for an outlet to vent. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I might be wrong, and you could be proven wrong on that one. I don't. I generally don't know. But I, I always remember thinking when I was on the bench that day, thinking, "What's going on here? How, how can this be? How can how can it be?" Now. When you're rolling with the good times, it was it was success. So many I've got so many friends up there because it's it was it's, it's they're amazing people. Honestly, oh because it, it, I think I remember Niall, Niall described it in his book as being very similar to rural Ireland, where people know each other's business yet. It's it's a, it can be a little bit more overwhelming than that, but it, it's still good people essentially, really, really, really good people. But it, I felt at the time. It was just too much for me, particularly when you're not playing well. When I wasn't playing well and I wasn't having a good time, it just it, everything was becoming too much. But for you me. don't think you don't look at it the other way that you weren't playing well because the pressure was too much. Um, that you, you could maybe look at it like that. Especially perhaps the age you perhaps were. it was. I was a kid. I was a kid essentially when I signed there. Um, you know, you, you feel as though you're mature and things like that, but you're not. I, I look back and of course, no, who's, who's mature at 21 or whatever it would be? 22, you're not. But. It was just too much, and I'd, I'd played my whole career. I said the, the only thing I wanted to do as a kid was play for Ireland. When you get a, when you start to develop, you want to play for you want to play in the Premier League. That was the thing. So you're starting to 16, 17. You want to play in the Premier League, and you put you put so much of an expectation of playing in the Premier League, and it's like right, I've reached it. Oh God, the reality is very, very different. Everyone's a little bit quicker. Everyone's a little bit sharper. Everyone's a little bit better, and you've got to modify your game. And that's what maybe I took a little bit of time to adjust to as well. So mm. that may be something that, that I, I look at myself because of that. Did you have ever any issues with that sort of off-pitch scrutiny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where I'm going with this? No. Oh, do you know? I thought you were. Throwing a little grenade there. On, I'm on just throwing it out there, on, but uh, I, 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 don't know. I had more to a Blackburn fans. Like murder. I got away with one really because I was getting a bit of stick off the fans post Paul Ince leaving and then Sam Ellis took over and I got on really well with him played, so that was fine. And then Steve Keane took over and fans started getting on my case a little bit. And um Steve Keane left me out of the team because of the fans, which I was right. He actually said he used that as an excuse. So 
the following game or the game I was playing all the rest of the fans again and they were quite like proper and he took me off so I thought he hung me out the dry there and there was these fans behind the, the dugout you know at Ewood Park where they kind of go up along mm. the side yeah. this one fan in particular he was always chirpy always chirpy and I just lost me and I launched a, a full bottle of Lucas out straight at them but as I went like that the fitness coach grabbed my arm and instead of it going there it went like that way Oh no! I hit this woman straight in the face. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Oh, no. Yeah. So um, I got in a bit of trouble for that. I think it'd have it's taken. Some, it it would have taken some some shot to actually hit the fellow you were meaning to hit as well. In fairness, when you think about it. Yeah. Well, I tried to get at him as well. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And did you see instantly that you'd hit the woman straight <laughs> in the face? Well, no. The fitness coach jumped on me, but then I like, seen her kind of holding her face, and then was there blood? No, it wasn't that bad. Like, is this it wasn't Brooks a metal ball. This Brooks kept at the Ryder Cup, almost <laughs> blinding a woman. No. Did you, what did you have to do? You, obviously, she came into the training ground. Must have been the, must have been a Saturday. She came into the training on the Monday and apologised. And what did she say? She was good as gold. She she didn't agree with all the the stick I was getting, and she felt a little bit. And I was, obviously didn't mean to hit her. But wait, this was a full Lucasade bottle from what? Fifteen feet away, smash in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been done for grievous Maybe, bodily yeah. harm. I was looking at what that wasn't caught on camera. I mean, seriously though, it's it's you know what we, we commentate in games a lot though, and you know when we see someone do something stupid, and we say, oh, "What's he thinking about there?" But the stuff you do when you're playing or when you're coming off the pitch, things. Like, I remember I, when I give the Sunderland fans the V's, and it's, it's so much is made of it. So everyone everyone always thinks I was sold immediately after that. I was actually at the club a year after that before I'd gone, and actually had my best season at Sunderland after it, as it turned out. Um, but we. The, what, what, the things you, do, you don't realise what you're doing, that, that sort of thing. You, if you think in the cold light of day, would you do that? No chance. No, it's a build-up, isn't it? And you're yeah. so highly strung in terms of playing in front of whatever it was, 25,000 people at Ewood, and you're coming off and you, you're, you're, all your emotions are, you're raging with fans, you're raging mm. with the manager, and like all these kind of, I shouldn't even be at this club, all these things are going through your head, and you've come off a, a pitch where you're 100 miles an hour, and you're like so intense, so into it, trying to get a result for your team, your teammates. You've got all these different emotions going on, and then that happens. Where well, you're right, logic just goes yeah. out the window. But I was certainly fortunate I got away with it. <laughs> Damn right you were. Yeah, it's miraculous in a way that more incidents like that, like Cantona kung fu kicking into the crowd. Yeah. It's, it's 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 incredible. It's like if you're there, that and that's the happen. that's the stand, and you're in the mm. stand, and you are just volleying abuse at us. And that we've seen it obviously with racist abuse in mm. recent mm. weeks, months, years, where it's been clamped down. But if it's non-racial, and you're just giving us abuse, abuse, abuse. I remember even a few years ago, I pressed him. Funny enough, I was doing a game for Sky, and we were literally just the opposite side. I'd, I've never even come across Preston, and this fan was literally well, the whole time we were on air, like from here to the camera, probably as far away, launching abuse, lot and like aggressive and like foaming at the mouth. Stewards just standing by waiting, and then literally as soon as we went to ads, I just stared at him. Next time we were on, he's throwing things at me. Ah, I'm like, come on, seriously, like your analysis. But if yeah. I reacted, which is fair enough, but if I reacted, then it's all on me. Yeah. How's that right? Well, do you know what? Even even well, that's that, that wouldn't have happened in Preston, as you know. But um, <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, even the, the Raheem Sterling when you said the racial abuse, right? Whether or not the lad who who actually said I didn't racially abuse him, these are middle-aged men, 40, 50-year-old men actually abusing him. The way that, real, you, you can see the anger in the yeah, faces. This, hatred. This, this is like, 
It's like, why would you? Why on earth would you have that in you to actually abuse someone in that manner? That's not a one-off. No, like, they got caught common. that time. That yeah. is not a one-off. Hundred percent. That is the pattern of going every Saturday for years yeah. and getting away with it. Yeah. Just been unlucky in a way. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. unlucky that at that one moment, Raheem Sterling stood in front of them and the TV camera had zoomed yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's right. Wow, That's I right. can't believe you threw a full Lucas Air bottle yeah. smash in the face. Of there, what age was this woman? Uh, I don't know, about fifty maybe. Ah, uh, oh. no. Did you give her a signed jersey? Was it a wasn't a key again, again with the uh, <laughs> go- David Dunn one. <laughs> a, a golfing analogy? Was it like Phil Mickelson when he smacks someone on the head? You get the glove and a hundred dollars inside. Oh, I think she, I think I got flowers or something along that. I, I can't remember. Exactly and would you generally have heard apologetic. abuse? Say in the middle of a game. Uh, middle yeah, of a game. Would you, you hear? I remember, line, I remember yeah. at Wolves when I first broke in, and there was a lad called Lee Naylor, left back. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I played, he would have been a year ahead of me, and he got in, and, and like. Fans were on his case as a 19, 20 year old lad. And I remember thinking, I was sat in the stand as a year younger. I was like, what's going on here? Like, why are they moaning? He's come through the academy. And I've seen players that Wolves is a tough place to play. Yeah, I was going to say that to you actually. Wolves is a tough similar crowd. Sort of thing. Yeah, tough, yeah. tough crowd. And I've seen players. Big club, past melt. successes, you know, yeah. and it's difficult then because you think they're, they're, they're above where they, they really are, or where I should say. And They don't like you to start with. You're not helping matters right now. Who? You. Wolves don't like me. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I've been back there recently. It's grand. It's not about yeah, being liked, fine. Nathan. It's just about, just about being treated. Yeah, I, I don't know you want, be, you, you want to be liked. I want to be loved. You not liked, I want to be loved. Yeah. I read a piece with you, actually, in the Examiner recently oh, as well. Did you read, have you read these oh. interviews? Honestly, it's really, really interesting read. Really? It's worth anyone, not here to talk any, about anyone listening. We're not here to talk. People, yeah. people don't care about me. They, they just want to hear your... Nathan Murphy, just want to hear your, examiner. No, it's very, hear your uh, insight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an eye-opener really? into the world of, of Nathan Murphy. I'm going to yeah. get a bottle and, of uh, water and, and take it straight into your face and from 10 years away. And his aspirations, yeah. In life, my aspirations, yeah. The picture looked great To be Dave McIntyre. Well, the picture was, without question, photoshopped massively. Yeah. No, it was an insight into a top OTB presenter. It was an insight into his world, his diet. He actually talks about his diet as well, his fitness regime. Oh, I didn't geez. want to, they asked. Honestly. No, well, I, I know what you're thinking. You, the qu- you answered the questions. No, he's got in the habit of going to the gym regularly, he feels great about himself now. And, uh, really? I don't know if I said that. Well, that's, that's what's said in the, in the interview, yeah. You <laughs> feel great about yourself, that, yeah. That far. Yeah. Yeah, no, got to give a positive, uh, up, you know. See, we've seen this before. About with, like players, we would have played with, and they get that. You know, when they get that first big contract, yeah, and then they, they lose start the getting themselves. a little bit giddy, and they buy the yeah. car. And I they, just haven't got that first what, big contract. You no, know, like, yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Dave, Dave, Dave McIntyre's out the door yeah. now, and now Bang. he's the main, Boom. he's the main, main commentator, <laughs> main presenter. Yeah, Super Nathan. Yeah, exactly. What did he get? You got? Did you come second behind Joe in the sports presenter of the year as well? Was it? Did you get? You wow. did, did you? You did, didn't you? Yeah. Wow. So now he's he's, re- he's trying to get to Joe Malloy's level. Why is he level. looking so uneasy? He's trying to get up to Joe Malloy. It's, it's, it's a compliment. You're doing great for yourself. Second is all right. Honestly, fair play to you. Anyways, we wanted to talk about the games this weekend. We got <laughs> yeah. sidetracked massively. I was enjoying the initial sidetracking, yeah. but we've got doubly sidetracked now that nobody really wanted to hear about. So uh, we're going to be at Goodison Park. You're going to be at Goodison Park on I am, Sunday yeah. Everton Stephen Doyle. Everton Bournemouth. I opened up the paper earlier on today, Keith Andrews, to see uh, Kevin Kilban. Admit Seamus Coleman is not the player he once was. Is that what I said? That's the headline. That's what you said. That's the headline. Um, I, I probably said it on the line. Seamus Coleman must change his game to advance as a professional, warns Kevin Did Kilban. Did I say he wasn't the player he once was? I don't think I said that. I said he needs to change his like game. That's just part of yeah. what he said. No, that's he the headline. Yeah, he, I think he does need what to change his game that? as he gets older. I didn't say that. Uh, but the I mean, Sun. Was it? The Mirror said Seamus Coleman must change his game to advance as a professional. 
Yeah, that's what I said. You agree with that? I said I. I Are we going to be getting Coleman having a pop at Kilban next time out? No, no, I I didn't actually say it. I didn't actually say that he he wasn't he's not the player he wants. It's been a bit uneasy, Kev, with that. No, saying you didn't say this. Quite happy what I say. Interviews, Kev. People, people. You say one thing, people write another thing. Exactly. You You know. Um, No, I I think I think he does need to modify his game to an extent as he's getting older. They do. It's a natural thing. I think when he, I I spoke. If you listen to Keith Andrews show today, we had this conversation Mm. anyway. I I heard. Um, but um, no, I, I think I think now he's he's at he's at he's at an age, and I've even asked the question when I was speaking to lads the other day. Like, is a, is he is his place in doubt? No chance, absolutely no. He 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 is first name on the team sheet, captain. He has to play. Simply has to play every game for us because we've we've got no one that's played at his level, his consistency over the last six or seven years. There's no one at that level. He simply has to play every game. But what I was meaning from it. Seamus Coleman, when he was playing under Martinez, when he was playing under certain managers, he just had a license to go. You go mm. where you want. Go and get forward. Go and arrive in the penalty area, in in uh, around the penalty spot at times, getting goals, creating goals from uh, from deep positions, then getting in advance. I think he's got. To, he's, he will have to modify the game as he's going through. Now, I think he's even modifying his game now under Marco Silva. That doesn't play at the, the same standard or the same style as Martinez. He's more of a, I would say. A Mourinho-type manager in the fact is that it's very much positional sense. Everybody knows the position on the pitch. I imagine he works on his team shape constantly, um, Marco Silva. He doesn't necessarily work on set pieces, mind, but he does work on, um, on, on positional sense of the team. So you'll see Seamus Coleman now not necessarily having freedom, just say, right, go, go on, go on and get an advance. So that's what I was meaning from the fact is he, he, he needs to modify, I think, as he gets older. Simply energy levels and fitness levels and everything will not... He will not be able to do the things he was doing three or four years ago anyway, regardless of the injury. Put the injury aside, he will not be able to do that in any case. We've seen quite a bit of Everton this season. Saw them at Old Trafford against Manchester United with Martial, gave him a really tough day. It feels as though a lot of teams, are are they targeting him? Are they trying to go down that their left-hand side, the Everton right? Did they spot a weakness there compared to, say, Luka Dinia on the other side? No, I'd have Seamus over Luka Dinia as a... As as a defender in 1v1 yeah, scenarios, I think there's been certain games where he hasn't mm. hit the heights, most certainly. Whether that's the age, whether it's the, the injury, the after effects of the injury, we, we don't know. But I'm with Kev in terms of he is going to have to tweak his game and he's not going to be able to be as explosive, as expansive, as marauding as he has been traditionally. <coughs> but I don't see a problem with that. And we were chatting about it earlier where I think Mick McCarthy will actually like that. I think he'll like a fullback to be in a position where He's not out of the game if they lose possession high up the pitch. He's in a position where he's able to stop counter-attacks. And he's going to have to become even better in possession than he's ever been. Because when you think about Seamus Coleman getting into those tricky situations, mm. it's always been head down, manipulate the ball, going little mazes. Now he's going to have to use his passing ability probably even more so than ever. But in terms of him, Ireland, and let's not forget, we were talking about it earlier, John Joe Kenny isn't exactly Cafu. He'll be back in the team. Mm. It does feel as though this collapse in his form has been massively overstated. Yeah, I agree. Because I agree. Jesus, we've seen him there. I, I couldn't I agree. So he had a bad they had a very good run of form when he was playing very, very well. Yeah. And then over Christmas they they'd one bad result. But then he dropped Idrissa Ganage out of the team. Suddenly in that game against I think it was was it the game against Spurs? Spurs. Like there was was it Spurs second goal no, where he, he was Idrissa um, Gay was injured or, or suspended. Well, Tom Davies came into the side yeah, in, yeah. in his place. And like obviously, Gay does a huge amount of the donkey yeah, work in the middle look. of midfield. But the ball broke down on the halfway line. Coleman had sort of stepped forward. But there was nobody back 
covering. And Mi- yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Keane has no pace mm. of note at all. But they've changed the team slightly. He, maybe he's not at 100%. But this thing that his form has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, it's he scored the own goal. From he scored the own goal. What the hell could he have done with the own goal yeah, but, as well? But that boiled down to yeah. Gary Neville's analysis afterwards that he didn't shift his body quick enough. And then the second goal where even Neville in his analysis said maybe he could have slightly shifted his body shape and yeah, got a yeah, jump. Yeah. But when the forward gets a run on you like that, there's nothing you can do. 100%. And because that was on television, that was it becomes this story. Where, that was a position exactly where I used to love to ex- exploit as well. Who was it? It was, it was um, Decorey who scored the goal, wasn't it, Watford? Used to love it because you know for a fact the fullback is flat footed. The only thing a fullback can do there yeah. actually is actually yeah, jump into you, jump in and stop you jumping because if you get the jump, they're done. Absolutely no chance. And as a fullback, even though I was a, a tall fullback, you know full well if someone that's even smaller coming over, it's coming over your shoulder, you can't get the jump. So as soon as he's on top of you and he's jumping, you've no chance. The only thing you can do is actually stop him and jump into him and actually put him off, which in turn you could be giving a foul away. That's the only thing you can do in that position. I think he's been unfortunate in that you look at Michael Keane, who isn't comfortable when they're far up the pitch because he doesn't have the pace to get back, also is not good on the ball. The amount of times you see Michael Keane under no pressure roll it mm. three yards behind Coleman or three yards in front. And also on the other side, Bernard, when he plays, or Richarlison, they like to cut in a little bit, get out of Luca Dina's way, whereas Walcott and Coleman, for no, whatever reason, yeah, exactly. don't seem to have any understanding. That's what I said. I said that weeks ago. The two of them do not complement each no. other at all. Walcott's, Walcott is a sim- it takes the same positions that Seamus Coleman likes to take. I don't think Walcott's clever enough to come in and play off a striker that frees up Coleman down the outside. He constantly wants to make runs wide, whereas that's the space that he does. The, the two of them don't work together. as In, in tandem, they're not appearing. Nowhere near appearing. Whereas you say on the other side, you've got Bernard and, and Luca Dean. Whereas look at the combinations at the plane. It's almost like Baines and Pinar from a few years ago. That combination worked brilliantly. So, no, I don't see that combination working. Do you think by the end of the season we'll all have come to an agreement on how you pronounce Luca Dean's name? Yeah, we've got it. We, uh, we, we, You're going Luca Dean. I think, well, that's what we're talking Luca Dean. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you pronounce it with a D, isn't it? But Luca Dean. I don't think he's done enough yet to warrant a debate about it. Oof. Has he really? Wow. Has well, he not been quite solid? All right, like, but he's not like. Leighton Baines. Yeah, he's just... Well, Everton, well, Baines, he played well last weekend, actually. But where, where do you see Everton going then? Because, so they started the season pretty inconsistent, had this brilliant run. They go to Stamford Bridge, they get this scoreless draw. Remember Stephen Kelly saying at the time, Everton, the last couple of years, lose that game. But they grind it out, they put their heads down. And then it just collapses over Christmas. Well, we were at the most side. Derby weren't we as well. Yeah. They were, that, that, that felt they, like the turning point. Yeah, they were... Uh, they weren't great, but they play well. Mm. You know, they play well. They, they, they deserved a draw, didn't they, on the day? And th- since that game, it's been a collapse. Poor, isn't it? That, that, yeah. And then maybe mentally they went after that game, I don't know. I know they got the Burnley result um, through the Christmas time, but other than that, it's been dreadful stuff. The Tottenham game was, was as bad as you'd ever see. That's now, Tottenham were, were amazing to watch. The energy that they played, the movement was, was sensational, but... They, they shouldn't, shouldn't really be conceding six goals. Mm. The quality that Everton have got is conceding six at goals home. at home. At ho- yeah. Sheary's come out hasn't he, in the last couple of days and yeah, he had has, the yeah. ambitions. He's had a pop, hasn't he? Yeah, not good enough where they are, but he's still the one because let's not forget the money they paid for Marcus. Well, Silva. that's what I was going to ask. Like Silva, is is he a Portuguese pardew? Is he a <laughs> bit of a bullshitter? Portuguese pardew. Well, I, I, I said before about look at his look at his look at his results. CV. Well, you know the set piece the, pe- the set piece thing is something that annoys me. I'm saying it's not it's just an Everton thing. Six yeah. box. He did it at Hull. Did it at uh, Watford. At Watford, right? His I, I, everyone talks about Everton having a poor record from set pieces this season. 
He had a poor record at Hull and he had a poor record at uh, at Watford. The way that they line up, and I always think, and coaches in general will have a, a massive disagreement with it. Mm. You'd have done your badges, I know I would have done my badges when you're having this conversation. You disagree. People like doing zonal. People like doing it man marking. Personally, I would like to do it where you have you have a bit of both. It's a compromise where you have a, a few people that are able to be a bit free. Who does that well? Are there teams that you've watched who do that well? Uh, do the compromise well. Uh, most most teams. Liverpool zonal mark. Uh, Everton zonal mark. City man mark uh, with a, with an element of zonal. They don't really concede a lot. Yeah. Six yard. Yeah. So essentially, when you're saying zonal, you'll have player. On the front post free, play in the middle of the, uh, the six-yard box free, middle of the goal, back post. Those three are, are zonal. Basically, you go and head the ball. Sometimes it can be three of your better headers, but sometimes you might need someone that's specific job of doing a man-marking job. And then you've got two or three others doing the marking job. Sometimes it can become a, mi- a mismatch with one of your markers. That's, that's, that's your only problem with that. I prefer to go with your best markers... Not necessarily your tallest players, but your best markers matching theirs up. Match up and then you maybe free free up one of your better headers. In the middle of the six-yard box, you go and head it, whether that's Set in behind you. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's my personal preference on it. I think zonally, you will always be susceptible to an under-hit corner or a, an over-hit corner to the far post. So near, near post and far post, you're vulnerable. And also a short corner. You're short always, every time. You're so always any vulnerable. Any time a short corner that then becomes second phase, so a direct... Mm. Corner yeah. kick, there's the accusation where if it's a standing jump, someone against a running, there's only going to be one winner. But even when it's come short and there's more movement in the middle, who, the zone goes out the window. Yeah, then. yeah. Because exactly. the ball's been moved, the picture changes. What are those six, seven bodies supposed to do? Where are they supposed to go? And so that next step and of what you're saying, where are they meant to go? Nathan, well, well who, whose responsibility is that? Is that something you should have worked on on the training ground as well? Have, they will have worked should on players it. players be smart enough to figure it out themselves? I've seen it at Everton lots of times. First game of the season against, I think it was Southampton, I was there. Shambles. Yeah. As soon as you move it short and it's whipped in, even if it's just five yards back to you, you deliver. It's a different, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? And yeah. you can't adjust quick enough. So you're saying take responsibility. It's mm. difficult. Because if that ball's moved and we're man-to-man, I've, my got man, Kev, yeah. I've still got him two, three, four yeah. seconds later. See it through. It's always the old one who said to you, see the job through until the, so ball, the ball goes, goes dead, dead. See yeah. your job through. If you're marking him, I'm marking Keith, I'm marking him, see the job through. But when you're marking zonally, who's my man? Where do I mark? Who do I go to? And then you might lock on to someone that's near to you. It, it just, it, everything goes out and it's, it's, a, it's a strange one. I, I personally think that that zonal system is heavily flawed, more flawed than a man-to-man marking system. We'll preview Spurs Man United over the next couple of days. That's our second live commentary from Wembley. Myself and Brian Carroll will be at that one. Just before we finish up then for tonight, Bournemouth have had a really good season again. Really exciting young attacking players, Fraser, Brooks, Callum Wilson, who this week has been strongly linked with that move to Chelsea, potentially for 50 million. How do you know when a player like Callum Wilson gets linked with one of the big teams. So he's playing for Bournemouth. I'd imagine not many teams go to Bournemouth and sit back. So you get to show your pace, you get to go in behind. Is there a way of, is there any way of knowing, I guess there's not, of whether someone is ready to step up from playing for Bournemouth to playing for Chelsea? I don't think he's ready for Chelsea. Why? I think we were talking about big clubs and we're talking about that transfer fee. I think he's done really well. Mm. Every step he's taken in his career, He's done it well, considering he's had the injury problems he's had. I think he's done both cruciates, so he's kept his pace as well. He's obviously clearly worked very hard at that. I don't think he has the game intelligence to play at a club of that stature. And I also think the way that Chelsea play, predominantly against three-quarters of the teams in the league, they will have teams camped in into their half. He's, he's less effective. 
against Bournemouth teams when they play them, they're less yeah. respectful of Bournemouth than they will be against they'll Chelsea. Push up to the halfway line. Yeah, sort of spacing behind. His overall game has improved a lot as the years have gone by, but his general build of play, his runs, aren't for me of the level of a 50 million quid striker or a, or a striker that Chelsea want to really, really improve them. That, that's, the, that's the price though, isn't it? It's yeah. 50 million if you want to get him. That's yeah, that, like that game intelligence, it's probably what Giroud has in, has in spades, is it? But He knows his role, he yeah. knows his strengths and he knows what he brings to the table in terms of that platform to play it into me, I will take care of two centre-halves and then you can make the runs off it. Hazard would hate playing McCallum Winston. Right. Why? I think. He because just... he's not going to give you a build-up play. He's not going to give you the base. He's always You're not going to get the quick one-twos. Yeah, yeah. No chance. And I think that's why they like playing Mr. Rio. That's why Murata doesn't happen. That and the fact that he's, he's had massive confidence issues. All right. Lads, great stuff for you for the weekend. Leeds Derby and then Burnley Fulham. Are Leeds collapsing? No. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lost three on the spin. Two on the league. Leeds so. Derby tomorrow. Leeds Derby tomorrow. Shea Givens Derby. Very good. Yeah. And where is Saturday? Uh, Burnley Fulham. Oh, yeah. Relegation yeah. scrap. Yeah, well, I'm at West Ham. West Ham Arsenal, half twelve Saturday, kick off, and then see our, if, if, if you see our boy after the game, make sure you. Uh, <laughs> I'm at, yeah, so try and get a run, with him. Run the other way, Kev. Should I try Nobody in this country wants you talking to Declan I'll Rice. Go, I'll go down and try and grab. <laughs> no, no, you I'll, go the. Well, when you're get out there, of the ground as quickly as possible. On Saturday, I'll send you a text, Nath. I've got. I've had ten minutes with Declan <laughs> yeah, Rice. Yeah, I'll yeah, send yeah. you through to you. Wanna play? You look, if you looked at what Gareth Southgate is doing, I think I think there's a really good role for you there in the middle of midfield. And then Stephen Dahl Sunday, anyway, of course, Everton All right, great stuff, lads. Football on off the ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting. Available in the App Store and Google Play Store.